Hello, welcome to our podcast of Loud Sports 101. Make sure to check my website at loudsports101.com. Alright guys, today we're going to be talking about the LSU football team and my predictions for the 2020 season. Last year they had a Cinderella story. Ed Oregon took them to the national championship and they really demolished basically everybody. Joe Burrow put up a Heisman winning season, in my opinion, possibly the best season you'll ever see from a quarterback in college football, with 60 touchdowns to just 6 interceptions, 5,671 yards, and completing 76% of his passes. Their running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, put up 16 touchdowns on the ground with 1,414 rushing yards. Their second leading wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, put up 1,540 yards with 18 touchdowns. Their leading line, their, I mean, their leading tackler was linebacker Jacob Brooks with the 113 tackles. The only thing with all four players I just said is none of them play for LSU anymore. They're all in the NFL, which leaves Miles which leaves Miles Brennan, Tyrion Davis Price, Jamar Chase, and Derek Stingley to really pick up this LSU team. The thing with Derek Stingley, I'm going to begin with him. I think by the time he finishes his career as an LSU Tiger, he will be the best cornerback of all time when it comes to NCAA. His first year as a freshman, he put up six interceptions, five of which were against SEC teams, two of which were against Georgia. The others were against Auburn and Vanderbilt. I don't think anybody's really going to stop him. I got to be honest with you. I just don't. Um, Ride receiver Jamar Chase is staying another year. He put up 20 touchdowns, 1,780 yards. I think they'll be okay when it comes to wide receivers. Running back, like I said, Tyreen Davis-Price, six touchdowns last year, 4.6 yards per carry on the ground. He, I think he's going to be a consistent, consistent player, but nowhere near the effect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had. Quarterback, though, this is where things falter a little bit because I got to be honest with you guys, I don't have much faith, faith in Miles Brennan, and I really also don't have much faith in Ed Oregon. Okay, you look at Ed Oregon's coaching. It... <laughs> His first year, he went 9-4 and four as a coach. Not bad. Second year, 10-3. and three. Third year, 15-0. The thing with last year, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but you look at all those achievements that those guys had, that was fantastic. I mean, what quarterback can you name who plays for the SEC who also had six interceptions in his freshman year of college? What quarterback for the SEC also put up 60 touchdowns and just six interceptions? That's phenomenal. And I think you just see it once every 15, 20 years. I don't think Ed Oregon is going to go down as a legendary coach. I really don't. I think he's probably going to put up a couple more 10-win seasons throughout his career at Oregon. I mean, at LSU, but eventually it's going to drop off because it just has to. There's no way he puts up another 15-0 season. I don't hate Ed Oregon, but you have to realize last year was a once-in-a-generation type of season that LSU had. Miles Brennan was a former um, four-star quarterback, and I just honestly don't see that much potential over him. Sure, he had one year to train over, I mean, train under Joe Burrow, but I don't really think that that changed him that much. I mean, last year in his playing time that he did get, he threw it one touchdown to one interception, 40 passes, 60% completion percentage, averaging 8.8 yards per pass. It's just not that good. And I know it was garbage time with a bunch of second and third team players. I just don't see that much potential in him, to be honest with you guys. I do see potential in Tyron Davis-Price. I think he could be one of the better running backs, but it's not going to be the same team that they had of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The only thing I see him really improving on is coverage. But even then, they're losing the best free safety in the nation and Grant Opet to the draft. He, I mean, he won the Jim Thorpe Award, which is the best defensive player in college football. But the one, I do think they'll be picking up, picking it right back up with Derek Sendley as a quarterback for, I mean, cornerback for at least another two to three years. 
wide receiving core looks good enough, but I, like I said, I don't I don't mean to be a Miles Brennan or LSU hater. I just don't see them having anywhere near a successful season as they did last year. So let's get into our schedule. First game is against the UTSA Roadrunners. <laughs> it should be an easy win. Second game, a bit difficult against the Texas Longhorns. I say it's difficult because of Texas's quarterback, Sam Ellinger. I'm a big Sam Ellinger fan. I've always had faith in them, but he hasn't really delivered that much throughout his quarterback career at Texas. I mean, last year he put up 32 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, but he just always lets us down in one way or another. He threw for 3,663 yards, 8.1 yards per play, and as I said, 32 touchdowns. But the other thing is, is that Tom Herman really is not that good great of a coach, in my opinion. Ever since he moved from Houston to Texas, he's put up not too good of records. I mean, his first year put up 7-6, and six, second season 10-4, and four, the only 10-win season under Tom Herman, and last year 8-5. And five. and this, the anger has been building up against Herman for multiple years now. Ever since he's really got there, he's been on the hot seat, and I understand why. Um, so I think LSU is going to end up winning this purely because of, purely because of um, their defense. I think it's going to give Sam Ellinger a bit of a challenge, especially if they're extensively back. Um, but yeah, so that puts them at 2-0. Then they should beat Rice, then they have Ole Miss, then they have an FCS team, another win. Ole Miss is their first SEC challenge, but I don't think it's going to be much of a challenge at all. So that puts them at 5-0, and and then you put them against the Florida Gators. This is where the season takes a little bit of a downturn, in my opinion. Florida Gators has potential to probably not be in the college football playoff, but to have a fantastic year. Dan Mullen in his two years as a Florida coach went 10-3 and and 11-2. and That's a combined record of 22-5, and which is fantastic to be a college football coach. And to play in the SEC, that's an extremely good record. I think Emory Jones is going to have a fantastic freshman or sophomore year as a quarterback, and I don't see many teams stopping Florida, especially not this LSU team. So I believe the first loss of the season is gonna to have to come against Florida. I don't see I don't see Miles Brennan beating this Florida defense. Then they should have an easy win against Arkansas Razorbacks and another pretty easy win against Mississippi State. Although I will say KJ Costello, the transfer quarterback from Stanford, could make some waves, but I don't think it's gonna be enough to beat LSU. Then they play against Alabama. This is where things get a little bit rough. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. I really don't. I think Mac Jones is going to have a fantastic year. He's going to hush a lot of his haters. Trey Sanders has the potential to be one of the best running backs we'll see in college football for a long time. Jalen Waddle still plays for that team at wide receiver. That's scary to hear. J- uh, Dylan Moses still plays for Alabama, another scary player. And I think Alabama is going to demolish. I'm going to demolish LSU. I don't see them putting up much of a chance at all. Then to play against South Carolina should be a pretty easy win. Auburn is a bit of a toss-up because you look at an okay quarterback versus an okay quarterback. As you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Bo Nix, and I'm not a big fan of Miles Brennan, as you guys have found out today. Um, but I do think um, LSU has a better chance. I don't think Auburn's defense is going to hold up enough against this wide receiving core that LSU does have. And then they play against Texas A&M. This is where I see another loss. I see their final record going 10-3. and Texas A&M under quarterback Kellen Mond and head coach Jimbo Fisher. Sure, it has not been that impressive so far, but eventually they're going to kick in because Jimbo Fisher is still a really good coach and Kellen Mond is an extremely good quarterback. And I, In fact, I see Texas A&M to win 11, possibly 12 games this season and definitely beating LSU by a large amount of points. I don't see I don't see LSU making it to the um, SEC championship, seeing as they are on the more difficult side of the SEC. 
which puts them at 10 and 3. And I honestly don't know who they're playing in their bowl game. So I see that being another 10 and 3 season under Ed Oregon. On the bright side, though, something that may change a couple of the games is that they did, they have brought in three five star recruits and 14 four star recruits, which is phenomenal. We'll have 14 four stars and three five stars. But I just, like I said, I don't have much faith in Miles Brennan, and I don't have much faith in Ed Oregon to deliver anywhere near as good as a season as they did this year. I mean, as they did last year. All right, guys, thank you for listening to your podcast, Loud Sports 101. This is Loud Sports 101, and I'm out.